0: Clovis, building a healthy life together.
1: What's up, everybody? Justin Nault here with another episode of the Perfect Paleo Podcast. My guest today is the mastermind behind Man Flow Yoga. His name is Dean Pullman, and Dean and I first met a few years back at the Paleo FX convention in Austin, Texas, and we've stayed in touch since then, and I am just... Really, really impressed with his work, and I am thrilled to introduce you to it. And if you are a longtime listener of my podcast, or if you consume my video content online, you know that I am just a giant fan of self care and this idea that fitness is not meant to be punishment. And it really kind of drives me crazy that the entire fitness industry has shifted into this no pain, no gain mindset that has been around, you know, since the days of Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I really think that that's just a toxic mindset for fitness, particularly for average everyday people who do not have any hopes or dreams of becoming professional athletes at the top of their game. The fact of the matter is most people find fitness in hopes that it will help them lose weight, lose body fat. That's the number one reason why people find their way to Clovis as well, and I try to help them do that, and a lot of people just think I'm nuts because right from the beginning I tell them to decrease their intense workout volume if they are an overweight or obese individual and I still stand by that. I still do that with new clients today. You do not need to be partaking in intense exercise if you are overweight or obese or dealing with significant mobility issues and we are going to get into the weeds on this stuff in this episode and I think you're really going to enjoy it. We concentrate a lot on self-care, a lot on mobility, a lot on using fitness as an outlet, using fitness as something you enjoy, something that you look forward to, something that leaves you feeling energized and replenished, something that doesn't leave you feeling defeated when you're finished. Fitness should enhance enjoyment, not take away from it. And I love this episode for that very reason because Dean is just a wealth of information. And I agree fully with his entire philosophy and approach to fitness, mobility, and wellness overall, and by the end of this episode, you'll you'll know what I mean. But the kid is just a treasure trove of information, and I could not be happier um, that you guys are going to hear this episode. That you guys are going to hear what he has to say on these super important topics. This may change your entire approach, your entire outlook on on fitness. Really, I know a lot of you in the Clovis Academy have been in that kind of kick your own ass fitness mindset for years and years and years, and you know, you really aren't getting the results that you want. So hopefully Dean can really shed some light on some of these things and help you analyze your own personal approach to fitness and hopefully change some things. If you listen to this episode and it sets you on fire and you decide that you want to dive in with Manflow Yoga and some of Dean's programs, you can find him all over the internet. Uh, He even has Amazon Prime videos available, which is Really, really cool. That'd be a quick way to get started and just try one or two of his videos. He has also told me to direct listeners to the website manflowyoga.com slash 7-day-trial to begin your Manflow Yoga trial on his website. Again, that's manflowyoga.com slash 7-day-trial. And of course, I will include this in the show notes for you for your convenience at clovis.show slash dean, D-E-A-N. You can also follow Dean and check out his fantastic content on Instagram at manflowyoga.com Manflow Yoga, youtube.com slash Manflow Yoga, and any other social media channels out there. He is Manflow Yoga. All right, we're going to dive into the episode. But first, if you like what you hear, please subscribe to this podcast and leave me a five star review on your favorite podcast platform. Each and every review counts. It really, really helps and it means the world to me. Thank you so much. As always, this episode is brought to you by Clovis. I am the founder and CEO of Clovis, and I am in the business of impacting people's lives for the better. I have helped over 500 people just like you transform their health and wellness. And I want to work with you. To prove it, I'm going to give you a free seven-day trial, which will give you full-blown access to all of the members-only content that Clovis has to offer. Free for a full seven days. Just visit IamClovis.com slash start. starti iamclovis.com slash start. You will find some videos of yours truly, and you will find some incredible testimonies from some of my Clovis clients. You will be shocked by the unbelievable stories that these brave individuals have to tell. Stories of full-blown life transformation. 50 pounds in 8 weeks, 40 pounds in 60 days, 21 pounds in 19 days, 100 pounds in 6 months. You name it, I've got somebody that's done it. Check out start and get started with your free trial today. If you'd like to check out my physical products, I am offering you a very special deal on the Perfect Paleo Powder, 30% off your first purchase. In fact, that 30% discount will be applied to your entire cart for your first purchase at iamclovis.com. Head over to iamclovis.com, check out the Perfect Paleo Powder and all the other products that I have available, and you will get 30% off your first purchase. Just use promo code perfect podcast all one word p-e-r-f-e-c-t-p-o-d-c-a-s-t perfect podcast all one word apply this discount code at checkout and you will receive 30% off your entire first order just visit iamclovis.com to grab this special deal all right let's get on with the episode thanks so much for listening enjoy What's up, everybody? Justin Null here with another episode of The Perfect Paleo Podcast. I am joined today by a man that I kind of consider the king of yoga, in all honesty. His name is Dean Pullman. He is the founder of Manflow Yoga. You can find him at manflowyoga.com, where he has a robust members area, which is just awesome. He's super popular on Amazon. He's a best-selling Amazon author. He's done DVD series. I've done his videos personally on Amazon Prime Video. Really, really just a wealth of knowledge who so I'm excited to have here. So, Dean, what's up, man? Welcome to the show.
0: Thank you for that intro. I've never been called King of Yoga before, so I'm excited to see what backlash comes from that. That is your new (laughs) title, and I will stand behind you. I promise. (laughs) I will put that in all of my emails. You have to. Signed, King of Yoga. (laughs) Yeah, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk and uh, hopefully help uh, give some useful knowledge and information to everyone who's listening. Yeah. Yeah. I know you will. I've been excited for this conversation because, um, I know we
1: see eye to eye on a ton of stuff just from what I've seen of your work, mm-hmm. uh, the short conversations we've had and the times that we've met each other in person. Um, but I'm also certain that there's a ton you're going to teach me today. So I'm super excited about that. Um, just want to give people a little short little backstory. Um, I met you about geez, over three years ago now at PaleoFX. Yeah, when I had my first little booth. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was pretty shocked when I met you, man. And it was funny because we obviously know a lot of the same people in this kind of health and wellness space now. And that first year is just, you know, me and some of the other meathead type guys walking around paleo FX were basically referring to you as like the shredded yoga guy, Mm. (laughs) which was, uh, (laughs) it was interesting, man. Like at the risk of, you know, really at the risk of sounding creepy about it, but it was like, it's when people meet you, it's like your physique where I really had this like confusion, especially where my training was at that point in time, where it's kind of like, mm-hmm. how is this guy so jacked if if all he does is yoga all the time? Right. And then I actually checked out some of your work. And I, th- I think the first video I ever saw of you was, um, you were like doing some stretches with your dog's leash. Oh, yeah. And you were just explaining to people of like, that we need to incorporate more movement day to day. And that's really what made me a fan because it was just such a good message. So. Hmm. I love the message and I want to know where the message comes from. So let's just give people a little background on you and, and what, what brought you from basically a yoga practitioner to deciding to start your own company?
0: Yeah. So really, um, I think it's, it's easier if we start kind of with my beginnings with movement, which is I've been an athlete my entire life. I've played almost every sport. I played, I played soccer, I played football, I played baseball, I dabbled in basketball, I played tennis, Uh, my main sport is lacrosse. Um, I've done swimming, weight training. So I've pretty much done I've done tons of different kinds of sports. So I've been an athlete athlete my entire life. And I've, I've trained like a typical athlete for the most part of it. So up until I was 21, you know, I was doing I was doing sports specific training like, you know, suicides and boot camp style conditioning workouts. And I was lifting weights and I was doing box jumps and, you know, doing sprints in the field, that kind of thing. Um, But up to that point, I had never done any sort of mobility training. And I took my first yoga class on complete accident. I was walking around a shopping complex and I was actually trying to find a tailor um, that I had that I had visited like multiple times when I was younger. Um, and I ended up wandering in like literally wandering into a yoga studio, like, Oh, what is this? This is a yoga studio. And then I talked with the the girl at the desk and she said, Oh yeah, we've got a class starting in 10 minutes. You know, it's going to be this and this, and it'll help you with your flexibility and you don't have to wear a shirt and like all these other things. And I was like, okay, fine, let me go do it. And then I was, I was actually on my way to work out anyways. So and then about halfway through the class, um, I was just totally like totally exhausted. Like it, it it had that workout completely humbled me, and that was when I was like, wow, there are a lot of aspects of my fitness that I have not been concentrating on at all. So that was when I thought, okay, I'm going to keep doing this, and eventually that turned into me wanting to get my people on my lacrosse team to do it, mm-hmm. and then I started um, teaching my lacrosse team because I was the conditioning coach, anyways, you know. Um, we were all, it was all student run. So I ended up being conditioning coach. Um, and then I started uh, and then I wanted to get them to come to a yoga studio with me and they wouldn't. So I was like, all right, fine. I'll just teach you myself. Um, and then I wanted them to be able to do yoga workouts over winter break. So I made a YouTube channel and started uploading workouts there. I don't think anybody from the team ever actually watched it, but that's when I started gaining you know, my initial like 100 subscribers on YouTube or whatever, whatever it was. Um, and, and that's how it kind of started as, as me as a lacrosse player, looking to improve my performance with yoga and get stronger with yoga in ways that my traditional training had not covered or not really focused on.
1: Wow, I love that, man. And I love the, the mindset you had there as well, because there are so many people that I feel like they get so stuck in their training modalities of just when they find something new, like, a, uh, cause I, I believe you did Bikram that first time, right? Yep. It was Bikram. Yep. Yeah. And I, I think that people just find something like that. That's difficult. where halfway through they're spent. And for some reason there's a real resistance to that. Like they just don't want to do it again, where you took the opposite approach and dove
0: in head first. I think that's great. Yeah. Something I try to encourage people is like, if you find something like the best way to get stronger is by finding something that you're awful at and doing it you know, if you're doing something that you're only really good at, then clearly your body has already adapted to it. And I mean, there are certain things that you should still be doing all the time. Like, obviously you should still be doing squats and you should be doing pull-ups and overhead presses and jogging or walking on a daily basis. But there are also some things that you can add that will make you a lot stronger. And and when you find those things that you haven't done yet, and they're really challenging, that's a good sign um, that it's something that will be really good for you to help address some of weaknesses that you might not know about and ultimately make you better at all the other things that you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's a big glaring issue in the,
1: we'll just say quote unquote fitness space for average people, because whenever, obviously right around the corner, new year's resolutions are coming up and it's just going to be treadmill and some kind of circuit training, lifting, or four sets of 10 bodybuilding style stuff or whatever. And, and for the average person, this idea of like mobility, or functional movement and all these things is really often overlooked. And I think that uh, for a lot of people like me as well, years ago, um, you know, the first time you walk into something like a CrossFit gym with no experience in that sport, you are hit in the face with this realization of mobility. Mm -hmm. And there's just this epidemic of no mobility in America right now. Like the first time I tried overhead squats, it was like I learned that my ankles were made of stone. Yeah. You know? (laughs) And it's just, that's, that's what I'm trying to get across. And what you and I see so eye to eye on is I wish that people would meet themselves where they are and understand those deficiencies that exist and find a way to address those. Because I just feel like right now it's you either work out hardcore or you don't work out at all. And there's this big in between that people are missing out on. And I kind of wish they would start there. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I mean mobility is like have you seen the movie Joe Dirt? Yeah. Okay, so Joe Dirt gets left behind by his family at the Grand Canyon. Yes. Mobility is like that aspect of fitness. Mobility is like the Joe Dirt of of fitness. Like mobility just got left behind. We brought we brought strength and endurance you know, and, and speed along with the trip, along the trip. But we were just like, man, mobility, whatever, we'll just leave him behind. So, um, my, my point in that is that I think people, they're like, okay, yeah, mobility could be cool, but it's really not that important. Given the time, if I have 30 minutes a day, I'm going to work on strength. I'm going to work on endurance. You know, there's also the, the, the mindset that fitness has to be incredibly intense for it to be effective. Um, and if it's, if, if, if I'm not, if my heart's not pounding onto my chest and I'm not sweating and I'm not jumping up and down, something's wrong, um, or it's not hard enough. So, um, that's another huge aspect of it too. But, but really I think there's just, it's, yeah, it's, it's part, I mean, it's part cultural, um, and it's also just part ignorance, but we just, we just don't know how important mobility is for us. And we you know, coaches don't really teach it. Like my, my football coach from high school, I didn't play football, but he was a football coach at high school. Um, I wasn't playing football in high school. I was way too small, but, um, he was the conditioning coach for the the weight room and their program was all weightlifting and endurance training. Like they literally did no mobility work ever. And so you're down there lifting weights and doing, you know, you're doing hand cleans and you're doing back squats and front squats and lat pull downs and, And pull-ups and you know all the other big lifts but you most people lack the mobility to do all those exercises you didn't in order to do those exercises you need to build a solid foundation of mobility Um, if you've the late Charles Poliquin he he had a phrase he said you have to earn your exercise you have to earn your exercise with the necessary mobility and that's totally true and most people just don't understand that so yeah long rant about mobility being very um you know underappreciated and people need to do more of it
1: yeah i totally agree and you know you're so right on in the intensity side of things too that's that's what i really see a lot of um and i think a lot of it goes back to the calories in calories out myth too where it's like you know you can do a, a heavy weightlifting session for an hour and maybe burned 300 calories <laughs> you know it's just the even like these ridiculously intense demanding lifts they're not caloric burners and I think that's the way Mm -hmm. people tend to think about it they want to be covered in sweat or whatever or even now you know it's this in the podcasting world too you see it all the time that with health and wellness there's such a focus right now on like biohacking flow optimization high performance like it's always like high performance high performance right I feel like the Joe Dirt thing (laughs) the beginners are getting left in the dust man and and So instead of this high performance thing, if we take the conversation down, like for me as a nutritional therapist and health coach, the vast majority of my time is spent with people, particularly overweight and obese, untangling all of the bad stuff that has already happened, like a desk job or, you know, eating the wrong foods, et cetera, et cetera. And I'd imagine that's similar for you. So I I wanted to find out like, what, what are these, what are the most common issues that you're coming across? Uh, with adults in America and what do you attribute them to?
0: Yeah. So I can, I can speak mostly to the people who are using my website. Um, You know, our website, manfulyoga.com and our members area, we actually do every few months we do what's called member talks and we set up, you know, a few afternoons or uh, of the week where we just open up our calendars and people can sign up and we have like 20 minute conversations with our members to kind of understand what are your challenges? How are you, you know, what workouts are you doing? Um, what, what inspired you to want to look at yoga programs, that kind of thing. And, and what we found is that most people are interested in, most people are interested in a sustainable workout program, um, that builds muscle that helps them with their body composition, um, but allows them to feel good at the end of the day, instead of broken down, um, and is kind of their joints. So I'm finding that there's a lot of people who are recognizing that people, recognizing that, you know, the, the main cultural trend of fitness, which is high impact and do lots of intense workouts. And, and if you're not, you know, if you're not training every day, then you're being a pussy or whatever that is, then you have, you know, there's something wrong with you and that's just not true. So obviously there's that stigma to overcome. Um, but yeah, we're really finding that the people that we are working with are those people who are kind of fed up with, um, traditional, Um, workout programs where they didn't work you know the main problem is that one of the main problems is um they try to follow they try to stick to a workout program and it's great for a month or maybe six weeks but then little pains that they had like okay my shoulder hurts a little bit when i'm pushing overhead or my lower back hurts when i'm trying to do a squat eventually that becomes unbearable to the point where they can't follow their workout programs and um so the problem is that these workout programs aren't sustainable yeah, they might be getting you a little bit stronger, and you might be burning calories, and you might be sweating, and feeling good about yourself. But eventually, because you don't have that necessary level of foundation, or sorry, that necessary foundation of strength and mobility, uh, in the sense of having adequate range of motion and being able to exhibit strength in that extended range of motion, um, what what I call mobility, basically. Mm -hmm. combining flexibility and strength, um, then you're not able to keep up with a standard or not a standard, but you're not able to keep up with those workout programs. So, um, one thing that we're doing or one of the programs that I've created recently called the strength foundations course is, is, is something that I developed for a lot of people in mind. I was actually thinking of my mother at the time because she, um, you know, we got on the phone a few months ago and she was basically, um, we had just gone on a family vacation and I think she was feeling I could tell she was kind of feeling self-conscious about herself because you know, everyone was in swimsuits and she was like, I don't really feel like being in a swimsuit. And uh that had never happened to her before. Um, so I was like, Okay, I'm gonna help you. Um, I'm gonna go through my workout library and I'm gonna find the workouts that you need because first off, um, you know, I think that you should be doing you need to be doing resistance training. Like you need to be doing something. Um First off, that's going to help you, um, you know, actually build muscle. You don't need to be doing like high. You don't need to be jumping around doing squats and doing months of high impact stuff. You need to be lifting weights. You need to be building muscle. But in order to do that, you need to make sure that you are using the right muscle groups properly. You need to right have the you need to have the right muscle activation in your glutes, in your hip flexors, your hamstrings need to be strong. You need to know what your transverse abdominals do. You need to have strength in your upper back, in your rhomboids, you need to have scapular stability, you need to have shoulder mobility, um, you know, you need to have mobile ankles. So you need to have all these things that go into being able to do those exercises. And So I was looking through my workout library thinking, okay, here's some workouts, this would help, this would help. And eventually I was just like, you know what, I'm gonna make a program for this. So I made a program that addresses all these common imbalances, uh, these common muscular imbalances. Um, muscle groups that people tend to not use, um, and it just goes through all of these individual muscle groups and muscles and by the end of the program you 've basically addressed every aspect of uh, of your body you 've done you know you 've done flexion you 've done extension with your spine you 've done twisting with your spine you 've done squats and hinges and pulling and overhead motion so you at the end of this you 've gone through all of these exercises that You would pretty much do in any workout program and you've established a base level of mobility and muscle activation so that number one, um, you're going to get better results from all of your workout programs, but you also have an adequate level of mobility such that you can do the exercises properly and you will drastically reduce your risk of injury. Um, so that's what I'm finding people need. And that program has been, um, I mean, that's what I think everybody needs. And that's why I I made that program, but, um, kind of to your point that we need to, you know, stop doing, um, you know, what we see as typical workout programs. We need to do things that are not necessarily really fast and high impact, but just slow controlled movement to make sure that we're kind of developing our mind, body awareness or, you know, mind-body awareness slash muscle activation, whatever you want to call it. Um, but we have to have this solid foundation of fitness. And then maybe we can go do CrossFit. Then maybe we can go train for a marathon. But if you're just going to jump straight to you know, something you're not ready for, you're going to end up injured. Um, you're going to have a negative attitude toward working out in general. And it's going to be the same old, same old, because you're not going to get the results you want because you can't sustain a workout program. Absolutely. How long did I just talk for? Like eight, like eight minutes?
1: Dude, <laughs> I'm I'm signing up for that course. <laughs> I'm telling you. Like it's, it is, cause it's this on the wagon, off the wagon thing. And you touched on a point briefly that I, that I want to hit that I think is really important is everybody is after rapid results, right? Of course. So what happens
0: here is the Amazon prime syndrome.
1: Yeah. Amazon prime syndrome. That's great. But, um, you know, I'll have a lot of women come to me, particularly women, my age, I'm 32, my age and younger that are like, I want booty gains, right? And I try to explain to them that without a base of mobility, like you can squat for the next six months and never engage your glutes. You know, you're putting it all in your knees, all in your hamstrings, all all in your quads or whatever. Your ankle mobility is preventing you from even getting a proper hip hinge. You know, so it's if you really want the results that you're after, like we talk about with you and your physique. like yoga, this idea of yoga for strength and hypertrophy, you're actually really the first guy that I think kind of introduced me to this world of like, wait a second, if you can get that foundation down, when you do eventually get into a strength training or a a muscle, a protocol for building muscle, you can activate those muscles in a way where you can actually reduce the amount of time it takes to get the results you're
0: after, right? Yeah, that's actually something that I've heard a lot from my members is that they've, they've learned how to apply yoga movements and, and principles of yoga into their lifting. And so they'll go to the gym now and they'll do a workout in 30 minutes. They'll be like, I'm done. Like I've done everything I possibly can because they've gotten that much more efficient with their bodies. They don't have to do as much anymore because even when they're just doing like a standing bicep curl, like they're actually rooting down through their feet and keeping their, you know, keeping their pelvis in the correct position and using their core, I mean, so they're turning like exercises that are, you know, some people would just see as like isolation exercises. They're turning them into like full body exercises just because they have that much kind of control over the bodies and they understand, okay, I'm going to use, you know, my glutes here. I'm going to use my core here. I'm going to make sure that my shoulders are in the right position. So I'm strengthening my, you know, strengthening my rhomboids while I'm doing a bench press or whatever that is. So, you know um, but yeah, it comes down to, um, having control over your body in the first place and being able to use those muscles in the way that they're supposed to be used. So, yeah, I mean, there's just, there's no chance
1: for the results you're after. If you don't even know how to engage the muscles you're trying to target. Right. You know? So it, I, that's another question I have because I I like that you, you talk about resistance training as well. I think it's one of the most important aspects, particularly for longevity. Um, so I still lift, I lift uh, maximum three times per week. And people just get kind of shocked when I'm like, yeah, my, my workouts, you know, my lifting workouts take me between 30 and 40 minutes, really maximum. There's a lot of rest time between sets. I never train one rep maxes. I won't do it because the risk reward is just not there for me. But Mm -hmm. what I have found is even with a, with a deep background in powerlifting, I started incorporating gymnastics and particularly gymnastics rings. And man, I have been humbled in a way that I can't even wrap my brain around. It's kind of like what you went through that first yoga workout. And what I find is a lot of what your members are talking about is just the what I get out of that kind of training, the really slow, careful, methodical body weight stuff in terms of how that affects my day-to-day life from a functional perspective I, it's not even in the same universe as deadlifting 350 pounds. It's just a completely different thing. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I mean, and I think it's important to do. I think it's important to do like that stuff. And I mean, variety. I guess is my point. What I'm saying, like that's great. And so is deadlifting, but it's like a different type of strength, like you were saying. Exactly. Well, that's that's
1: exactly what I what I wanted to ask you is in terms of these modalities. So. I just kind of want to find the balance of what would be ideal in the mind of Dean. Like maybe what does your training look like? Or if for an average person, just are there a couple of core modalities or aspects of training that you would like to see?
0: Yeah. And I'll be honest with you. Like I've, I set workout programs for myself and I stick to it about like 70% of the time. Like my ideal workout schedule is yoga two times per week conditioning and some sort of dynamic movements two times per week and weight training two times per week. And in the past six months, I've done that twice in one week. So that's, that's, that's an idea of like, but what I will do every week is I'll probably do yoga pretty much every day in the sense that I'll do at least a few minutes of yoga, um, for maybe some sort of recovery or I'll do it because I'm, you know, I'm doing yoga with somebody or I'm filming a video. Um, but the videos that I film are like the workouts that I would put myself through. So it's, it's great. Cause I get to, you know, um, it's great because my members are seeing like exactly what I would show that what I would do because, you know, I want to challenge myself and I want them to be challenged. But um, and it's great for me because I get to do the workouts that uh, are going to really help me. Um, but I'll try to make sure I'm doing resistance training at least once, if not twice per week. Um, I've been a good, at least, doing resistance training once per week, as opposed to like twice per week, but before, um, I was actually, <laughs> this is, I was on a low carb diet and I was, um, I was pretty much on a low carb diet, but I was at 4% body fat. Whoa. For like years. and I had no idea. And I was like, no, nah, I'm just like, you know, I'm okay. <laughs> and then I, uh, and then I got like, uh, I think I did an in-body assessment at the paleo FX conference, FX conference this year. And they're like, um, you have 4% body fat. And I was like, Oh shit. Okay. (laughs) Um, they're like, yeah, like you probably have low testosterone levels and you're not able to recover from your workouts. And And I'm like, Oh man, well, okay. This is bad. Yeah. So then I started bulking and I put on, I've put on about 15 pounds in the last few months. It took me about, three months to put on 15 pounds, but now I'm feeling much better. Um, long story short, I think people need to be doing yoga two times per week, uh, at least two extended periods, extended workouts, uh, where they're focusing on improving their mobility, where they're working on their balance, where they're working on endurance and really doing an intense yoga workout, um, two times per week. Um, it could be as little as 25 minutes. You could do it for 45 or 60 minutes. Um, but at least getting somewhere around 30 minutes, two times per week, I think people should also be doing, um, weight training or resistance training again, once per week or twice per week. And, you know, I think people need to be doing either a deadlift or a squat once per week. I don't necessarily think that you have to do squats and deadlifts in the same week. Um, in my personal experience, I've been able to get by with just doing one or the other. And I still am really strong in my legs and I've continued to see gains in my legs, my lower body. I think you need to be doing pulling exercises way more. I think people need to be doing like one workout where they're really challenging themselves with pulling, where they're doing like either weighted pull-ups that are doing um, pull-ups or if they can't do pull-ups, then they're doing negative pull-ups. Um, which is when you, you know, um, just for people who are listening, a negative pull-up is when you use a chair or a bench and you stand up on the you stand up on that and you get to the top of a pull-up position and then you slowly lift your feet off whatever you're standing on and then lower yourself down. So basically, you know, building strength, um, for pull-ups reverse. Mm -hmm. Um, but then I think at least once or twice per week, in addition to that, you should be doing some sort of horizontal pulling. So you should be doing some sort of rowing exercise. Um, and, and if that just means you like throw a resistance band around a bar and do some pulling, great that's fine. You don't have to have like, you don't have to have a gym for that. Um, but we spend so much time, you know, and I, right now I'm in this horrible posture because I'm hunched over my microphone. Um, but most of us spend time, um, you know, in awful positions with our body and we need to do rowing exercises to open up the chest and to get those muscles tightened back up again in your back because, um, is everyone's posture is awful, um, mm-hmm. so we need to be doing that not so much for not so much for strength, but kind of just restoring balance to your body. Um, so a lot of my exercises, and then those are in, the, in in addition to that, kind of a lot of exercise should be focused on restoring or kind of addressing. Um, The opposite of what you tend to do during the day. So if I'm sitting all day, then I need to get up and do some standing work. If I'm standing all day, so if I have, if I'm blue collar, if I'm doing something active with my body all day, then I need to get on the ground and do some ground type work um, for my hips, from my core to make sure my back is being taken care of and working on, you know, taking care of the ankles. Um, So I think a lot of fitness has to do with addressing what you do during the day and reversing it basically um and then you know throwing in some cardio there i think swimming is a fantastic workout i agree um, i haven't done swimming in a while now um i ended up i like broke my rib playing lacrosse a few maybe it was probably a year ago now um and it healed up you know within 4 months or something like that but um i stopped swimming after that and i haven't really gotten back into it but um i think swimming's fantastic um especially cuz it's just so low impact and you can really challenge yourself um, So anyways, I think, I think people should be doing cardio. Um, and so for me that a lot of the time that will be me on just me on an empty field doing, you know, dynamic exercises. So I'll be doing like a side shuffle and then a sprint, or then I'll be doing like a 20 yard jog to a 20 yard sprint, or maybe I'll do a 40 yard sprint. Um, maybe I'll do like a suicide where I sprint and then jog back and then sprint a little farther and then jog back. Um, but I think it's really important that people are doing cardio too, um even if it doesn't contribute to you know we've we've seen we've at this point we've seen studies, and we've seen the data that says that if our goal is optimizing our body composition, cardio is not that effective compared to um you know compared to weight training. but I think it's important that you do cardio because there are many other benefits of cardio, including heart health, which Mm -hmm. is great. Um, So I don't think we should. I think we should still be doing cardio, um, even though a lot of people say, uh, um, oh, screw cardio. But I, I think we need to be doing cardio too. So. Um, and then some restorative stretching on top of that. So, you know, if that means doing some stretching before bed, maybe some stretching after our workouts, maybe the morning we wake up, we're feeling kind of stiff. We just take 10 minutes to stretch out, um, some mobility work to address specific areas. So like using a lacrosse ball, um, you know, using a hyper spear or, a, or a Viper, uh, vibrating foam roller or something like that. Um, spending some time on mobility, a few minutes a day or as needed, um, is, is necessary too. So I think that's, I think I just got on everything, but um, it, it sounds like you, it, man. Yeah. But I mean, but basically it's like a lot of in varying intensities of exercise, right? Not just one thing, but addressing different speeds, um, you know, different muscle groups, different types of movements, and just a lot of variety in general. So. Yeah.
1: Well, that's, what I was going to say that what I like that you touch on is, is the time of these things, because Really where, where cardio gets a bad rap is just, yeah, if you're going to go run six miles at 70% of your heart rate, I am probably going to tell you that's a bad idea for fat loss. If you want to talk about aerobic threshold training where you're very low intensity, like you say, you might jog 20 yards and then sprint for a short period of time. It's not these two hour long balls to the wall cardio sessions. And the, the approach that you're taking here, I guess the only way I could like, Set words for it is it's almost like gains through self care, and that's what I really love about it because um there's so much of the no pain, no gain mentality that's still there mm-hmm. and it's like again, I, I did an Instagram story about how I don't train one rep maxes, which just led to all these messages from people, and I taught them you know you can calculate a ballpark one rep max through a five rep max, let's say. And the amount of people that don't even know that you're just like, wait, I thought the goal is to lift as much as I can all of the time. You're like, Whoa, 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 Mm. wait a second. (laughs) You know? So there's an issue there with my main focus now, particularly being 32 at this point, which it's not that that's old or anything, but I really do start thinking long-term. And what I love about yoga is this longevity piece of the self-care of this. So would you be able to, to just walk people through some of the, the benefits in terms of longevity with this kind of self care approach that you're advocating.
0: Yeah, I actually just sent out an email yesterday with a blog about longevity um, that I wrote a couple weeks ago. So, um, longevity wise, I think that what people need to look for in a program that's longevity focused is a is a workout that um, not just that doesn't just get you stronger over time, but something that you do. And afterwards, you're like, Oh, I feel great. Like, I don't feel broken down. My joints don't hurt. I feel awesome. Um, And so I think that's a big part of it in finding like an effective longevity focused program. But another aspect of that uh, is, well, a huge part of that is the kind of the no impact on your joints thing, you know, Mm -hmm. which is why swimming is great, which is why um, yoga is great, because you're not pounding on the ground. Um you are you're doing something that builds muscle, that helps with bone density, but it also is you know, it's not breaking your body down in the process. And as long as you're as long as you're doing the poses correctly, um you know, then you're then you're then you're doing that. But fitness aside, what's really cool about yoga and, you know, um I don't need to explain this because the science backs it up. I don't need to hypothesize why this is, but the 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 data is that yoga helps with so much more than just, um, than than just fitness in terms of your ability to exercise. It helps with stress. It helps with your heart rate variability. It helps with depression. It helps with, um, it helps with anxiety. There are, there are so many things that yoga helps with and it helps with digestion. There, there are just so many things that yoga helps with. Um, and that's not to say that exercise doesn't help with all of these things, um, but yoga has just been proven to be able to do so much, um, that aside from just getting you stronger, you know, in a sense that you're be, you're able to accomplish more with your body. You're also improving your overall health and wellness. Um, when you, when you're improving your breathing so that you're able to notice when, well, first off, you're improving your, your your body, mind awareness so that you're able to be more aware of your body, which is huge, not just for, you know, people who have no issues, but it's really, it's really important for people who have issues with trauma or or who have had things happen to them. And, you know, they kind of, in order to recover, you have one part of this is, is being able to kind of notice your body and understand, oh, this is what I'm feeling. And yoga helps you develop that mind, body awareness. And from that, you're able to notice when things are happening to you that can cause you stress. So if you are, you know, if you're in a work situation where you're really tight chested and your breathing is really quick and you're starting to become anxious, you notice that because when you're doing yoga, you practice noticing your body. And so you're able to, because of that, now say, oh, wow, I need to take a deep breath. I need to relax my shoulders. You know, I need to. But it comes with awareness. And that's what yoga, uh, one thing that yoga really helps with. Um, And that's something that I never got when I was doing my other workouts. You know, when it was, when I was weight training, it was, you're doing eight reps of this, do eight reps and just grunt through it and get through it, which is exhilarating. Don't get me wrong. It's the best. Um, You know, the, the feeling you get when you finish up an incredibly difficult workout in the weight room is totally different from the feeling you get when you finish a yoga workout. You know, you finish something in the weight room, and you want to get out and just like everybody look at my pump, <sighs> right? You get, you get super jacked about it, and your your energy level is crazy, and you're you're like almost high from endorphins. Um, but you know, the, what happens after yoga is much different. You have like kind of this sense of calm. You have you have this sense of clarity. You're not thinking about, you know, you're not as anxious as you were before, um, and so I think that. Longevity-wise, you need to do a program that not only makes you feel good over time, but also helps you feel great in the short term. Um, so, um, just a a short rant on longevity. Um, did that? Did that address yeah. the question?
1: Absolutely, man. And it, it actually it it aligns perfectly, obviously, with the workouts that you do yourself and and the the rundown of what you gave us that you that you think is beneficial because. It, it, it again goes back to this risk versus reward thing. So sure, the pump is great, lifting heavy heavy weights is great. If I if I get if I set a new 5 rep max, I'm super pumped about it. But a lot of fitness can be a double-edged sword, particularly like, you know, I get flack all the time for talking about CrossFit. I did CrossFit for a very long time and really enjoyed mm-hmm. it, you know. But there's a double-edged sword there where it's the constant, constant cortisol spike of just balls to the wall, stress your body out over and over and over. A lot of people, you have average Joes that are doing six days a week. And I rant about that. It makes people think I'm anti-CrossFit. So I'm not anti-CrossFit. I'm anti-CrossFit for most people, particularly the overweight and the obese, because they, they're they already dealing with cortisol issues just through being an obese person. And then they're spiking the cortisol on the back end through these workouts. And the other thing I see is you as an athlete, you'll understand this because athletes get it instantly when I say it, but the average Joes never get it. I talk to them about uh periodization training, right? So taking these different periods or different cycles of training to get better at your sport so that you can train year round. And the CrossFitters, like the average Joe CrossFitters, it's as if they're training intensely. Like it's like they're in a fight camp as an MMA fighter, or they're training for this right. Super Bowl style event year round. And the event never comes. It's like, so I'm like, what are you doing? You're just, you're literally crushing your body day in, day out, day after day for no payoff. That can only be a bad thing long-term, you know?
0: Right. You know, have you, you've met, um, Adam, God, what's his last name? Adam von Rothfelder. No, I haven't. He was at the paleo conference. Okay. Anyways, he's a, he's a former MMA guy. Um, and he does, I guess I don't, he's all over the place. He does a ton of different stuff. He uh, he's trained a few like really high level performers in the uh, kind of in the, in the self-development space. I don't know if I'm allowed to name them, but like really big authors and some other. Um, so he's basically a celebrity trainer, I guess. Um, but one of the things he says about CrossFit people is CrossFit people are, are, are the people who were <laughs> too afraid um, to do MMA because they didn't want to get punched in the face. <laughs> like, CrossFit people are, are, or wannabes so they instead of you know work instead of actually taking a punch to the face they they just lift hard all the time right
1: right <laughs> which i thought was hilarious i i actually i've never heard that but i love it like i i train jiu myself and i do nutrition for professional mma fighters so that that makes me very happy actually
0: <laughs> yeah i thought that was really funny yeah um but the weird thing about this is like intuitively even when i was like 23 or 24 before i before i had any intention of doing anything um, professionally with Manful Yoga, which is a YouTube channel. I just did something as a, as a hobby. Um, even back then I was like, uh, with no, ex- with no like knowledge of fitness, no like actual formal study or anything or reading books. My thought was, wow, CrossFit is, um, is really intense and people shouldn't be doing this this much. <laughs> um, yeah. and, and now I'm like, you know, CrossFit, the workouts are great if you do them once a week fine. Let's make like, let's make it like a Saturday morning thing. Like I actually, I have a friend who, um, he has a garage and he, you know, has a gym there. So I call it CrossFit suburbia. Mm -hmm. Um, but he, you know, we, I used to go and do workouts there, um, on Saturday mornings and that was enough because then like, you know, the day afterwards I'm like, Oh, my shoulders feel awful. You know, something is like, not, you know, because for whatever the, you know, whatever the wad was like, we're going to do 35 pushups. And then like, 700 of these and 400 of these, and then we're going to do 30 push push-ups, and then 650 of these and then whatever of this. So, and I just pushed through it and, you know, I knew it, I knew I shouldn't have, but, um, I think if you're doing, you know, I think if you, I think the, you can do a CrossFit workout, you just, you just can't do it as, you can't do it six days a week if you expect to be you know if you expect to be sustainable i mean the reality is that crossfit workouts that often are only appropriate for like crossfit champions exactly or you know, just freaks of nature like the 0.1% of the population for people for most people they shouldn't be anywhere near a crossfit gym they should be any they should be they should be like doing the exercises that I talked about in the strength foundation course. Like before you do a before you go into a cross workout, I want to see you lift your arms overhead without arching your back. Or I would like to see you do a one-minute plank. Or I want you to sit down on the ground and try lifting your legs six inches off the ground and holding it for 30 seconds. Like these very basic things that we should be able to do, um, but but can't. Anyways. um, Yeah, dude, I I couldn't agree more, man.
1: And it's, it drives me nuts too, because it's like the, the, I mean, again, CrossFit ramp, but like the coaching standards of like like being a level one coach. Sorry, everybody. It's not a difficult thing to do, you know? So it's like a weekend certification. Exactly. So you have this issue where, you know, I've seen it firsthand. You'll have a 300 pound person walk in, like I want to lose weight and they'll give them what a two week course with PVC pipe. And then they throw a barbell in their hands and they're doing snatches. And you're like, this is simply not correct. There's nothing about this that is okay, you know? So I wish I could get people out of that, out of that mindset. So on, on the flip side of that, let's say, let's say you had somebody come to you who was really in a, in a bad spot, like really lacking mobility, desk job, obese, overweight. Like what's the, just the number one piece of
0: tangible advice? Like step one, most basic, where do you go? I would have to say two things. Okay but the first the first part I guess this is this is this is part of the second part. The first part is being more active in general. So just on a day-to-day basis walking more, getting up from your desk more often, doing little stretches here and there. But the first step is just moving more. It's just being more movement oriented. And then the second part of that is getting into a routine of daily fitness of doing something every day at the same time you know, if that's after, if that's 30 minutes after you wake up, great. If it's during your lunch hour, cool. But there just needs to be this one specific time of day. And you know, people have different schedules. So maybe it's maybe it's different on Monday than it is on Tuesday. But the point is that we're doing something on a every day, you know, at at a predictable time, we're spending some time on our fitness. Um, So I think that's, that's, The first part is movement and just being more mobile. Um, And the second part is getting into a habit of daily fitness, whatever that is. Yeah, that's great. And I think there'd
1: be a lot less, like that's another thing that drives me crazy about like the traditional fitness space is, um, it's like a New Year's resolution. If somebody starts like P90X or something like that, there's this idea of like, oh, I missed two days because I was staying at my friend's house. And like, now I need to start over at day one. Like there's so much guilt associated with it. And I think if people can get, what you just said if they could get that in their heads of just like hey there's movement and then there's fitness and mm-hmm. if on any given day you make it a point to get movement in if you miss the fitness you you're not going to feel this just tremendous amount of guilt or anxiety
0: or feel bad mm-hmm. about yourself just try to make them both a practice right yeah I, I think it, I think another part to realize is that when you work out, you feel good. Like it's not it's not something that has to be this, it's not something to be a chore. And if you and if you're doing whatever you are and it feels like a chore, then don't do it. Like if you do manful yoga and you're like, this sucks, I hate doing it, then don't fucking do it. Like do something that's enjoyable, you know, do something yeah. that that you that you do and you're like, okay, this is kind of fun. Like I enjoy doing this. Um, so I think, you know, I know a lot of people I know some people hate all movement. Like I, I know some people <laughs> who do like Like actually, my web developer, um, uh, you know, I I put this point across, and he's like, Dean, I'll be honest with you, I don't like movement at all, but I work out, I lift weights, I do kettlebells, I do yoga, because I love eating cookies, I love baking, (laughs) and I love making macaroons and cookies, and, and, and I'll just, I'm going to work out because I need to eat those. I'm like, okay, cool. So some people, you know, they they're not going to like exercising, um, they're just not. But, um, I think that you should at least find you know, I think you should at least find you should do your best to find the enjoyment and exercise. So if that means that, you know, you're looking for specific, you know, we we in uh, I'm gonna have to bring up a book I've been I read over and over again, but it's called flow, the, the psychology of the psychology of optimal experience. Sure. And we know that in order to enjoy something, you, there has to be a challenge that is within your specific skills, or that is that is that is um Appropriate for your capabilities. There has to be clear feedback to tell you whether or not you're doing it correctly. There have to be goals so that you know what you have to accomplish. Um, there has to be uh, attention, so you have to be able to focus on what you're doing uh, and not be distracted by other things. Um, and it needs to be something that's that's meaningful to you. So it has to be something that you care about or has purpose for you. Um, but you can you can put those criteria. You can make any activity have that criteria it just takes, maybe it takes a few minutes for you to frame it. Um, so if we can frame things in a way that make them have that criteria, that they're challenging, that they're appropriate for our skills, that that we can totally immerse ourselves in them, um, that it has queer goals and that it has feedback to tell us whether or not we're doing we're doing it correctly um, and it's meaningful to us, then we can make anything enjoyable.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And there, there's, a, there's a great concept that I like, and my listeners are going to be like, okay, Justin, because I talk about it all the time, but this idea of finite versus infinite games. And you
0: look at life as an infinite game. The goal of the game is to keep playing. So So like intrinsic versus extrinsic extrinsic kind of? uh, Kind of, yeah. So we'll think about it
1: as an athlete, right? So um, a lacrosse game, that's a finite game with a clearly defined goal of winning, right? Mm -hmm. And then the infinite game, the really only goal to it is to continue to play. Right. You know, so yeah, lifelong type thing. And I I try to teach people to think of their health and wellness and particularly fitness journey as an infinite game Mm -hmm. because what you just said, I try to get people to, I say, meet yourself where you are. Right. And that might be that you need to take a course from Dean and you need to get some of these fundamental mobility issues taken care of. And maybe six months from now, nine months from now, 12 months from now, maybe you try a five by five program and do some strength training, or maybe you try ARX because you want to do resistance training once per week. And it's okay. Like, there's this weird thing where I think people think when they're signing up for a fitness modality, it's like, that's not what you have to do for the rest of your life. Is I'm 32 and just started gymnastics rings training. It's hard as shit, you know? Yeah. But it's great for this flow aspect that you're talking about because I'm just zoned out when I'm doing these gymnastics rings because it's so difficult, you know? Yeah. So you can change your modalities, you know? hmm Yeah. So speaking of which, uh, in terms of, of modalities and what people should do, I really do want to dive into, um, man, one, I'm super excited about, uh, just a couple of the programs poking around your stuff to get a refresher on what it is you do prior to this episode. Um, a couple of the programs I'm particularly excited about one you already talked about, which is the strength and foundations course. Um, but you have another that you touched on in a different way earlier in the episode. there's a program that you have specifically for fixing uh, addressing posture Mm, for people that are kind of stuck in these seated positions all day. Right.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I have a program called the posture fix. um, And that was just developed because we realized one of the biggest issues that our members were facing is posture. People are interested in yoga to improve their posture But the thing about yoga is that most yoga isn't really great for fixing your posture because if you go to a yoga class, you'll do tons of forward folds, forward fold, forward fold, forward fold, followed by a very quick backbend. Yes. Guess which one fixes your posture? Forward folds do not. Forward folds stretch your hamstrings if you're doing them correctly, but for the most part, forward folds just into a rounded position again, exactly what you have been doing literally all day at your desk. So the posture fix is, is much more of a corrective yoga program. We focus on the opposite of what you're doing during your typical day, which is sitting at a desk. So there's a lot of hip opening. Um, but we try to keep you in extension with your spine, meaning arching your back or neutral with your spine um, for probably 80% or more of the workout, maybe even closer to 90% of the workout. So all of the workouts are focused on countering and improving your posture um, rather than just taking you through a basic yoga flow. And that's not to say that yoga won't help with posture, it will, but there's a much more efficient and better way to do it. And that's by focusing on exercises that help with posture instead of just kind of sprinkling them in and doing forward folds and forward folds and freaking forward folds over and over again. So, you know, and like, and in like a yoga class, you'll do a Cobra. I mean, this is different for Bikram. If you go into a Bikram yoga class, you're going to be doing a Cobra for, you know, a very long time. Like I forgot how long the exact duration of is for, for a Bikram class it might even be 60 seconds. I can't remember 30 or 60 or how long it is, but you're doing Cobra and you're doing these backbends for a really long time. If you go into a traditional yoga class, which is the Vinyasa class, you'll do a Cobra or an up dog for three seconds, maybe, and then you'll go right back to your rounded position. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I've actually had a lot of people who do yoga, come over and do the posture fix program. And I've had a couple people like, ask for refunds. I'm like, they're like, it's just not fun. I'm not doing any like forward folds. I'm like, Oh, God damn it. Come on. Wow. You know, like they don't, they don't get that. They don't understand that they need to be doing the opposite of forward folds to fix their posture. And then when they find out that it's not, it's, you know, it's difficult instead of being something easy, they're like, Oh, I don't want to do it. I'm like, Oh, your posture's going to suck. It's going to continue to suck because you're not doing, the opposite of what you're doing during the day. So that's what the posture fix is based on. Um, And the workouts are also, instead of having one long workout, we break it up into a medium and a short workout. So you do something that's like eight to 15 minutes in the morning. And then you do something that's about 15 to 25 minutes in the evening. Okay. Or however you want to do it because fixing your posture is, 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 it's more than just doing one workout during the day. It's doing it throughout the day. Now I'm not going to give someone five workouts to do throughout the day. So instead we give them something in the morning and something that you can do later on the day. So ideally people are doing it in the morning and they're doing something like in the mid afternoon, um, you know, after a morning of and starting to slouch near the end of that, that, that morning, beginning of the afternoon. Um, but anyways, that's what the posture fix program is based on. Um, and so it's really different from, almost every yoga program out there, um, in that that sense. And I think that's more what people need, uh, as opposed to, you know, a traditional yoga class with lots of forward folds. Yeah. Yeah. I've never even thought about that. That's such a good
1: point. It is forward fold, forward fold, like all the time. Yeah. So does anybody who's, who's interested in getting involved with Manflow Yoga, are there any, um, courses like the Strength and Foundation course or the Posture Fix, are there going to be any complications with somebody who doesn't have you know, any prior mobility or anything, can they adjust? And just can you meet people where they are?
0: Absolutely. So Manful Yoga was founded for people who were beginners to yoga and inflexible men. So like, I made Manful Yoga for myself, basically, I wanted it to be a type of yoga that was focused on performance, but also addressed the reality that most people are not as flexible as a yoga instructor. And I was a super tight athlete. And so you would, they, people would, you know, yoga instructors would start off in down dog. I'm like, are you joking? Like, there's no way I can start with a down dog. So all of our workouts and I, I film them in a way that allows you to build up that warms you up and then gives you modifications for if you don't have as much mobility as a yoga instructor. Um, and it's much more focused on strength as opposed to flat passive flexibility. So, um, it's, it's, it's just something that I think everybody needs and, it's much more approachable than traditional yoga and people who try my workouts and they go to another yoga class, they notice the difference immediately. It's really easy to see, um, you know, just the way that I instruct and the modifications and kind of the sequence of the workouts that it's, it's way more appropriate for people who are not as flexible and also for people who are, who are interested in building strength with yoga. So it's, uh, it's definitely beginner friendly. It's definitely inflexible people friendly. Great. Right. I love that focus too, because, you know, um, so like
1: 85% of my audience is, is female. And, um, I just want to make sure that they, you know, they're not turned off by the idea of man flow. Yoga. Oh yeah. I mean, it's just because the, the other issue is, um, so many women, I'm sure you hear this too. They're, they're so afraid they want to resistance train, but they're afraid of bulking up. Right. right. I try to explain to them how difficult it actually is to bulk up, but regardless, <laughs> yeah, some of them don't want to touch a barbell. Right. So this gives them an opportunity to strength train, without doing the quote unquote bulky stuff, you know?
0: Yeah. My fiance is a uh, she's a physical uh sorry, she's a why can't I say this? Physical therapist. I thought I was gonna say physical trainer. I'm like, no, no, physical therapist. So she is a doctorate and she's uh she's also like, no, I don't want to lift because I don't want to get too big. I'm like, baby, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you saw the food intake
1: necessary, you would you would walk the other way. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's a little yeah. crazy. But um right. Well, great, man. I mean, this was fantastic. Great overview of Manflow Yoga. I love the work that you're doing. I'm I'm probably gonna jump into the Strength and Foundation course too because there's still
0: dude, it's awesome. Yeah, there's
1: still some nagging
0: things. I I do the workouts like that's like my like I do the workouts from the Strength and Foundation course like twice a week on my own. Really? Yeah, yeah. that's, That's how good this is. Like, it's just stuff that you need to be doing on a regular basis. Well, what I'm finding
1: too, is, I mean, besides just the lifting and gymnastics, like I'm, I am a straight up jujitsu addict and anything for flexibility, um, particularly like, like what you call mobility is like strength in those extended positions. That would be fantastic for me. So I really want to start incorporating that.
0: Yeah. I mean, from an injury prevention standpoint, you know how important that is. Yeah, absolutely. Well, all right, man. So in
1: terms of uh, people connecting directly with you, just just let people know where to find you, where to talk to you. Can they talk to you directly? And what's the best way
0: to do that? Sure. So um, you can reach me on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube. Everything is instagram.com or facebook.com or youtube.com slash manflowyoga, no spaces, M-A-N-F-L-O-W yoga. Um, My website is manflowyoga.com. You can reach me at dean at com. All right, man. Well, thank you so much for being here. I really, really appreciate it. We should do it again sometime. And yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'm down. Thanks for having me. Thanks for asking all the questions and entertaining my long-winded responses. Oh, they're great, man. (laughs) Tons of valuable information here. I really, really appreciate it. Good. All right, man. I'll talk to you later, Justin. All right, brother. Bye-bye.
1: my way